Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'scatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Friday, July 8th. Coming up, why one local business owner wants to rename Troost Avenue. For us to, to have to travel this street for miles and miles and miles and constantly see this, this honoring, this memorial for such a heinous individual is, is pretty disgusting. But first, some headlines. A 26-year-old Kansas City man faces a possible life sentence after pleading guilty to a federal hate crime motivated by the victim's sexual orientation. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. Malachi Robinson entered the plea in federal court after admitting he shot a teenage victim eight times in May 2019. Robinson met the victim at a library branch in Kansas City after the victim contacted him via Facebook and offered him money in exchange for a sexual favor. The victim survived. Last month, a Paola, Kansas man who pleaded guilty to a racially motivated hate crime was sentenced to 27 months in prison. A rainbow display at the Kansas City United Church of Christ was defaced with the words pervs and repentance on Wednesday night. The six brightly colored doors were inscribed in white lettering that says God's doors are open to all. Church Secretary Emily Stott says volunteers repainted the doors on the Brookside Church yesterday afternoon. We really want everybody to know that no matter what happens, we're always going to be advocates for the LGBTQIA community. In May, a rainbow flag decal on the church's sign was spray painted. Stott says the door installment, which was supposed to be temporary, was a response to the incident, and the church will keep it up longer than planned to show they're not backing down. A proposal to bring new development to Kansas City's historic West Bottoms neighborhood cleared a major hurdle last week. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. The Kansas City Council approved an urban renewal rezoning request for the West Bottoms, sought by New York-based developer Somero Road. The developer wants to add more apartments, commercial space, a hotel, and new public spaces to transform a six-block portion of the district over the next decade. Bruce Holloway of the West Bottoms Neighborhood Association says the group is encouraged by the plans. There's great potential to improve the neighborhood, primarily through uh, infrastructure improvements that are going to be needed and, and part of any project of this scale. Some West Bottoms business owners have expressed concern that the development could price them out. Troost Avenue is one of the most well-known streets in Kansas City, running north to south and representing racial segregation that persists to this day. The street was named after Dr. Benoit Troost, the first resident physician in Kansas City and a slaveholder. Now, a business owner with a storefront on Troost wants to change the street's name. KCUR's Steve Kraske spoke to Chris Good, owner of Ruby Jean's Juicery, about what he thinks Troost should be called now. Here's part of their conversation. When did you find out that Truist Avenue, where your business is based, uh, that he was once a slaveholder? I found it out a few years ago. Um, you know, Steve, you and I have sat here a few different times and we've talked about a couple of these topics yes. uh, in the past. And so I found it out, you know, a few years back in a way that it, it really pricked my spirit. Um, you know, it was it was something that that was that was made aware to me uh, just through people approaching me about different conversations. And as I started to read about him and realized that, oh, wow, this guy owned people. 
and he has one of the most prominent street names in Kansas City, um, it became a very big problem for me then. So this bill, um, what you're talking about doing here is something very different. You want to rename this street. How surprised were you to find out that he was a slaveholder, Chris? You know, sadly enough, I wasn't surprised. Um, I think I was more surprised that I hadn't known for so many decades prior. Um, I think you and I both know there are, are numerous men that, that own people, adorn, you know, their names adorn on our streets and boulevards and so on and so forth. So I wasn't surprised, but I was I was pained by it. But this is a prominent street. It is. And maybe that adds to the pain. It is. It runs about 10 miles or so, roughly north and south, and it really stretches this, a greater span of Kansas City, Missouri. And it, you know, for us to, to have to travel this street for miles and miles and miles and constantly see this, this honoring, this memorial for such a heinous individual is, is pretty disgusting. You know, you have said that this history doesn't fit all the good things that are happening along Truesdale Avenue these days. It doesn't. It doesn't. I drove here. As you know, we're sitting here right here at the studio on Truest. Um, everything that all the work that you've done, all the work that you as an individual do, that this station does, that KC Rep this housing in this building, that UMKC next door, that the Stowers Institute across the street, that the conservatory across the street, that Gates family, that Operation Breakthrough, and on and on and on and on. I could keep going, Steve. All of those institutions along this stretch, they don't stand for hatred. They don't, they don't stand for people that would have allowed people to be raped and murdered and owned. Uh, me as a, I'm a big black man. And Dr. Benoist Truce would have gleefully owned me. Hmm. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. And so if somebody like that is being honored in a city where we say we stand for inclusion and we stand for gay pride and and black lives and so on and so forth, there's no way that we can truly stand for that if we allow all of these citizens that we say we stand for as a city to continue to pay taxes along these stretches to continue to spend money and travel these stretches with our families and mm-hmm. and, and really sow into the land along a, underneath a brand that stands for hatred and murder. What else do we know about Dr. Troost and his background, Chris? He was the uh, first resident physician of Kansas City, Missouri. He was a businessman. Uh, a some, prominent man. He, he, he was. He did a lot. But, you know, when you start to look at the history of, okay, well, that prominence came on the backs of literal people. That prominence is immediately ripped from my mind. Because if you're, you're prominent because you stepped literally on the neck of another human being in order to gain that prominence, then you never deserved it in the first place. You know, I've been a little surprised that there hasn't been more outrage expressed about his name and, and the, the points that you're making here. I am too, you know, and I think that, you know, people ask me, what's the opposition? What do they say? You know, I think the opposition to this is an opposition that is racist itself, uh, but that opposition likes to hide in the shadows. The true opposition to this, Steve, is in action. It's the people that have no clue. It's a lack of awareness. It's a lack of movement. It's the disbelief that something like this could even change, would even change. The true opposition is doing nothing. And that's what we've done for decades. You know, maybe all this, uh, the, the lack of outrage, the lack of talk about this in town is because this is such a familiar name. It's been in town for so many years. People don't think twice about it. No, it's just, you know, it's, it's just a name. Many people that travel the street, that come into my business, they don't know what he stood for. 
Uh, and so I, as I'm there watering my flowers this morning with my wife last night there with my son, oftentimes I'm doing all of these things and sowing into this land and investing in this community under a brand that, that doesn't stand for us. And so I think that the point of of what I'm doing is to create that awareness, is to, to peel the scab off and let's talk about it. Let's talk about it in truth. Well, speaking of truth, you want to change the name of truth to what? Truth Avenue. T-R-U-T-H. Why truth? Truth is universal. Truth is progressive. Truth is there. You know, we live in a day and age where there's been this this notion that there could be two different truths. But you and I both know there's only one truth. There's only one truth. And in order for us to move to a place as a city where we are really representative of one people, one body of people, the citizens of Kansas City, Missouri, we have to do so in truth. When I was fortunate enough to allow the 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 renaming to happen on J.C. Nichols, and you and I talked about it on this very show, what I heard a lot of was, oh, you know, you're trying to erase history. And you're, you're trying to sanitize history and so on and so forth. And rather than erasing history, how about let's be truthful about the history once and for all. Let's tell the truth about it and move forward in a way that really stands for what we stand for along truth as businesses and residents and so on and so forth. Those efforts exist in truth. This station exists in truth. You guys tell the truth right here from these very microphones along Truth Avenue under a name of hatred. And so truth is something that stands for you and I, and we don't look alike, Steve. So what needs to happen, Chris, to if, if you want to change the name of this avenue, what has to happen to get that done? First step is awareness. Um, I've started a petition at Change.org. The petition is called Truth Over Truth. We're approaching 500 or so signatures uh, in just a couple of weeks with little you know, awareness made about it. So first is awareness in that form. Second will be community engagement sessions. And so just as I did in my time on the Parks and Rec Board, we would have community engagement sessions at a series of places, a series of times where everyone can allow their voice to be heard. A lot of times those sessions can just they can be in jest. They can just say, oh, we did a, a session to hear it, but we're going to do this anyway. Right. I want this to be something that's not about me. It's not about me. It takes a very, very collective group of people to move the needle on something that's so important. And so we will start to have those, a series of community engagement sessions, myself and Roosevelt Lions, as individuals. Um, we'll start to hear what the community thinks, and we'll move it forward through the appropriate political channels. But I've already begun stakeholder engagement with many city officials and the community. What kind of response are you getting? It's been a resounding yes. Huh. The time is now. This isn't a new—it's not a new topic. It, it, it's not a new topic whatsoever. And so if it's come up decades and decades and decades in the past, why hasn't it happened? Why hasn't it happened? Why are we celebrating bringing a World Cup, an international global stage to Kansas City, Missouri, and doing so under the same old guise, the same old period of hatred? And so that's where we'll go from here is really making sure that the community weighs in. That was Steve Kraske speaking to business owner and former Kansas City Parks and Recreation Commission member Chris Good. You can hear their entire conversation at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. 
This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. On Monday, we'll take a deep dive into Missouri's new voter ID law. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Thank you.